Handle on the news. Handle on the news. And by the way, Bill Handle should have been handled a long time ago. And now, here's Bill Handle. Help you, I bet you. Another day today. And uh, morning, everybody. Okay. As usual, a lot to cover. Do we ever have, uh, we don't have much to cover? Haven't had that in a while. I mean, if, if, if it's true, I mean, I have said it. Uh, hey, today, eh, not a lot. Yeah, we'll we'll try to do something because we've got four hours to fill, but uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of not a lot. Uh, marginal show. It's always, we have a really great show. Everybody has a really great show. We've had marginal shows. Yeah. Some days are slow. Yeah, it's not just it's slow. You know, and some days I suck uh, because we I all just suck don't. Some yeah, days. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I've gone to Robin and she said that was a horrible show, Bill. And uh, I've gone to Robin and been like, don't, please don't listen to today's podcast. I know. She always listens. Horrible. She listens. She, oh, I know. Drives me completely crazy. And when she goes out today, you were, stop listening. <laughs> stop it. All right. So anyway, Jennifer Jones League, good morning. I handle. And uh, Wayne Resnick, good morning. Good morning. And uh, what are you doing? A selfie? No, you told me to take a picture of oh, something. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And that's true. Uh, Alex, good morning. Uh, let's hear, see Morgan's arm. Now, uh, here, Wayne, here's the problem, is you're seeing part of Morgan. You want only oh, the for, arm, no, the disembodied from my view. arm. No, Got no, it. from right. my view. Uh, Morgan, move a little bit to the left, because I never see you. Wayne, okay. Wayne has gotten is up. Is this good? Uh, what? Wayne's gotten up. He's walking now behind yeah, Handel. Yeah, Jake, this is what do, I do you see want me from the desk. Do you want no, me? no, you're there. Okay. Do you want John in there, or you want him to get out? All right, no, just move a little bit so uh, the arm can still be seen. Okay. This is typically what I see in the morning when I say, let's hello, uh, say hello to Morgan's All arm. Right, All right. How uh, does my form look? Is it okay? No, very strong. Very good. It make, looks like you're making a right turn. Uh, it's uh, spectacular. Oh, good. This is so far, this is a tightly focused and rapidly right. moving show. Yep. That's correct. And you are going to, I believe, uh, put that up on Instagram. I will. And that's just a photo. Uh, and also, people, I think you can see... Uh, you can get a sense uh, of how dirty the window is oh, yeah. between this yeah, studio and that studio. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. It's uh, pretty gross. That's not a that's not a big job here. Window cleaning and uh, at at KFI. And then John Ramirez. Good morning, John. Okay, uh, right, altar boy, John. Uh, highly, highly religious. It's bizarre. You know, I walk down the hall and there he is. Uh, he's on his knees muttering. Uh, half the mass. It's just, it's bizarre. And Handel doesn't stop, you guys. Don't think that he just gives him a hard time on the air. We're in the office yesterday. Handel comes in, starts giving him a hard time there. It oh. just continues. Oh, yeah. He doesn't stop. Nope. No, God, no. Nope. Doesn't stop. You know, making jokes of Catholics. Although we uh, used to have a Mormon here, and I was constantly making fun of Mormons. Oh, that poor person. Oh, yeah. I was just, they had to leave crying. I don't doubt it. Today, I can't do that anymore because it becomes a hostile work environment. And uh, I know, John, don't listen to me. All right? Put your <laughs> head, put your headphones on. All right. Uh, also, uh, before we get into it, really quickly, it's Law Day, day after tomorrow. All right. At the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, 9 to 2 o'clock, over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Free legal advice in virtually every field of law. I'll be broadcasting from 9 to 11, Handle on the Law, free seminars, win prizes throughout the day. 
KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Laude, and uh, there'll be spectacular food there that will be absolutely free if you think you're nuts and believe that we would ever serve you free food. That is not going to happen. Matter of fact, I don't know. Of course, we're not going to feed you. Uh, that's, and I wonder if they have food trucks there. Uh, they, they did last time. And I think we had one food truck that uh, the health department came in and shut it down right in the middle of uh, handle on uh, Law Day. That's not true. Uh, well, close. Is it? No, no. All right. Sponsored by the Bowers Museum during Law Day. Get a $5 discount to visit all of the exhibits at the Bowers in Santa Ana. And that's Law Day uh, Saturday from 9 to 2. Okay, guys, let's do it. Lead story. All right, so the issue of uh, Michael Cohen flipping and cooperating with the prosecutors, uh, it's yes, no, Rudy Giuliani said no, uh, because, and we don't care, because the president did nothing wrong. So Trump's lawyer, the rumor starts that Michael Cohen might flip. Trump's lawyer calls somebody in the Michael Cohen camp and says, hey, uh, you going to be flipping? No. That's no. not appropriate. No, it's not. It's, uh, and he, I don't even know if he called. It's just based on he knowing. He said he checked into it. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, could, he theoretically could call Michael Cohen. Theoretically. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, we've heard other stories saying that he's considering it. But in the end, uh, the president's going to pardon him anyway. So none of it matters. And uh, every single Republican will remain mum on it, not say a word, of course. Of course. or maybe say, well, I don't know if I would do it, but certainly the president has the right, and yada, 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 yada. So he may end up uh, just pardoning everybody involved. Everybody. Any, anybody who gets a traffic ticket <laughs> on the way over, I pardon you. <laughs> everybody except... Andrew, Andrew McCabe, yes. right. He won't pardon him. Oh, look who might be out at the White House. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. My Sarah, everything seems Now, she's so not right. confirming, but a lot she's of not denying. A lot of people leave. Almost everybody leaves during the first term. You ever notice? Oh, yeah. At, because they never stay the second term. Even people that love working there, it's just too hard a job. And that's what, I mean, it's, that's what she is. said. It's she 24, said, I love my job. I'm honored yeah, to work for the president. It's 24-7. She's I mean, you just, got you to be exhausted. It is, it, it is 20 hours a day, 18-hour-a-day job. I mean, it is horrific. And she does, a, I mean, a brilliant job. Uh, and she spins, spins like crazy. And even when uh, Donald Trump is caught in an outright lie, I mean, there's no way to spin it, her answer is, the statement speaks for itself. It's all, that's all she can say. Uh, but uh, her ability to spin, she's tremendous at what she does. Probably one of the most effective uh, press secretaries out there. You, you have to give her credit for doing that. Yeah, but, she's amazing. But, you know, you can't. It's just the job is just overwhelming. All right. Uh, we'll take a break and uh, come back and start talking about uh, Mike Pompeo, who's going to become big, big news guy. Over uh, the next several days and weeks. Uh, but first, let's check in. All right, handle here on a Thursday morning. Uh, more handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. 
Uh, Mike Pompeo says we will resume the war games if... Shall we play a game? Put an end to this game. Okay. Before it's too late. Right. Rocket Man should have been handled a long time ago. If North Korea does not negotiate in good faith. Yeah. Hey, Little I, Rocket Man. I was just thinking uh, a moment. The President of the United States, of course, is always uh, one of the most well-known figures on the planet just by virtue of being president of the United States. And uh, Kim Jong-un has, of course, become internationally known by everybody on the planet. And and because he's a nuclear power. But let's go through the other nuclear powers. Pakistan. Do you have any idea who the prime minister of Pakistan is? India. Do you have any idea who the prime minister of India is? All world powers. World nuclear powers. So you got this pissant country. With nuclear uh, nuclear capabilities, now obviously the threats are uh, are there, but it's just uh, he is. Well, let me ask you this: uh, Who is more well known around the world, Kim Jong Un or Kim Kardashian? I'm going for Kardashian. You know what? Sadly, I would say I'm going to pick Kardashian as well. Yeah, yeah, both Kims. That's okay. Sad. Well, Otto Warmbier's parents are finally speaking out after the president said yesterday that he thought had it not been for Otto Warmbier's death, a lot of this North Korea talk might not have even happened. El Otto is our and I don't get this. I don't know where the connection is. Do you? Other than he's just saying that I think Otto Warmbier's death and the way that he was treated in North Korea highlighted how bad things were in North Korea, brought North Korea to the, yeah, but into why, the spotlight Why again. would Otto Wormbeer's death bring North Korea as if North Korea felt badly about it? That, no, that's no. the theory. Yeah. No, that's the theory and behind it's, that somehow that was a bridge too far even for North Korea, okay. and they realized it's time to get their act together Sounds and like, come to the table. Tell me that's not a crock. Although the parents... Of kimchi. Tell me that's wow. not a complete crock, huh? I, the, I just the, don't get it. Well, the parents are saying, hey, we appreciate President Trump's recent comments about our family. We're proud of Otto and miss him. Hopefully something positive can come of this. But they also reiterated, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to stop our lawsuit against North Korea for wrongful death. Yeah. Oh, man, do you think there's ever a, a situation where the Trump administration tries to put pressure yeah. on the Wambier parents to drop the lawsuit in order so. to make things go more no, smoothly? No, I think it's going to be the other way around. I think that they are going to push... North Korea, uh, North to, Korea pay. to pay. Yeah, I think so. That's my oh, take on it. That would be extraordinary. Yeah. Well, uh, victims of the Golden State Killer, also the East Area Rapist, same person, might be eligible for some restitution. Even though the restitution program came into being long after. Yeah, uh, and it's first. limited. So, to, you normally have three years from yeah, the crime. They're changing it around. Uh, they're just putting something yeah. into the budget that would allow those particular victims to seek restitution as long as they come forward by the end of next year. Right. Well, somebody we know was not a victim of the Golden State Killer now because of DNA turned out to be a double murder in Simi Valley in 1978. Yeah. And this is also connected to Craig uh, Coley, the guy who spent 38 years in jail because uh, he was convicted of one of these Wrongfully killing. convicted, right? Yeah, 38 years in jail. That's crazy. Wrong, wrongful conviction. And so then they think, okay, well, let's test the DNA now of the Golden State Killer because he could very well be the guy behind these, and turns out he's not. Yeah, so they have no idea. Nope. 
They have no idea. Um, also, Coley or Coley, who spent uh, that much time in jail, you get restitution from the state under these circumstances, and it runs about $100 a day for all the time you're in jail. I mean, it's pretty healthy. I mean, it's in the millions of dollars, but still. I don't think it makes up for 38 million, years. 38 that much million dollars. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but the story going around is that an undocumented immigrant mom had her daughter taken away from her by the feds while she was breastfeeding the child. And, and the reason that I say I don't I don't know is because the source is an attorney with the Texas Civil Rights Project who claims to have interviewed the woman, so she doesn't even claim to have seen it happen. So basically, hmm. she's saying that the other woman said yeah. that this happened, and now the media is reporting right. it. And ICE, of course, denied it and said that's ludicrous. I think it's, it's kind of hard to believe that someone would, while the child was breastfeeding, yank the kid away from the mother, uh, an infant. Right. It doesn't make sense because, I mean, how it could go down is this. She's in a, a civil uh, processing detention facility, right. so she has the baby. They decide to prosecute her criminally under this uh, zero tolerance. At some point, they would have to move her to a prison, and they would have to take the baby away. Right. But now, it doesn't happen. It's not like, right. we got to take you to prison yeah. this second. Well, can I finish yeah. feeding my baby? No. no you right. can't. Still I, breastfeeding. Which, uh, yeah, and the lawsuit she would have against, of course, uh, the detention and uh, the personal injury to her nipple as you pull the, the kid off. And uh, nobody would want to deal with how loudly that baby would be screaming yeah. if that happened. That's true. Okay. Why don't we take a break? I yeah. think that's a good idea. Yeah, it's, that's time. Okay. Uh, let's check. All right. Handle here on a uh, Thursday, June 14th. Uh, let me quickly tell you about Law Day coming up uh, day after tomorrow, Saturday at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, 9 to 2 o'clock. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Free, free, good legal advice in virtually every field of law. Broadcast Handle on the Law from 9 to 11. Seminars free. Uh, prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day. Sponsored by Cunning Dental. If you have loose or missing teeth, call Cunning Dental for a free exam and CT scan. Call 888-640-SMILE. This is Law Day on Saturday, 9 to 2, Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Also, before we jump in to handle on the news, uh, here is a news uh, item I want to share with you. I was looking at CNN, and they are making an enormous deal uh, from, of, out of the fact that the president, when he was in North Korea, or when he was in Singapore, and was introduced to one of the North Korean generals, uh, reaches out to shake uh, the general's hand. The general flips a salute and then brings his hand out, and the president, reacting to the salute, gives him a salute. Right? And just, uh, it was, you could see it was a spontaneous reaction. CNN is going out of its mind. Uh, saying that, well, the story isn't right now, but I've seen it a few minutes ago and they keep on repeating it, that that's horrible. How can the president possibly salute uh, the uh, a North Korean general? Much like Barack Obama got nailed 
for bowing to the Saudi king. Remember that? Yeah. And it was a slight bow. And it is, that's simply the way it's doing. It's respecting the culture. And uh, that's, it's, it drives me crazy. For example, uh, our culture is a little bit different. Do you think you're ever going to see a foreign leader call uh, the president by name? No. It's always going to be Mr. President because that's our culture. Yeah. And it's simply respecting the way it's done. And so let's nail the president for doing something culturally appropriate in the other country. So, uh, yeah, come on. And you can see uh, just totally spontaneous salute and then reaches out his hand. And that's simply the way it works in uh, North Korea. I know just uh, this is such a crock where they look at these little oh, yeah. bits of minutiae. And try and spin it whichever way they can. Yep. They need to. Back we go. More handle on the news. Jennifer and Wayne and me. Wait till you hear what some Border Patrol agents found in a little two-bedroom home in South Texas. These agents got a tip and arrested 62 undocumented immigrants found in a two-bedroom house in Laredo, Texas on Tuesday. That same day, they found 54 more in the back of a tractor trailer in San Antonio, just two and a half hours north of Laredo. Yeah, that is dangerous. Yes. That'll kill you. Uh, 62 undocumented immigrants in a two-bedroom house is just a touch crowded. A little bit. Uh, But the back of a tractor trailer, well, uh, what, 2017, 10 of them died uh, among dozens that were found in the back of a tractor trailer. Uh, the, The driver sends to life without parole. I remember that. For that. Yeah. Ten people died. Well, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has weighed in on this whole separating mothers and their children at the border. Guess what? They don't like it. Yeah. What a shocker because, uh, oh, what religion is every illegal alien? Right? They're not Amish. Can you imagine the Amish illegal aliens? Hmm. All right, let's. Uh, wow. Wait, no. And you're gonna. Well, you're gonna, gonna get talk- into this at seven twenty. Yeah, the big issue. They're complaining about separating families, and uh, Wayne is gonna join us because it becomes a federal issue, and it's not just separating families. I mean, there's a legal basis, and in many cases, a legal requirement to separate uh, families. And Wayne will share that with us uh, when I do that topic at uh, seven twenty. Well, Attorney General Jeff Sessions has really celebrated the Supreme Court's ruling in favor of a baker who refused to bake a cake for a same-sex couple because it violated his religious beliefs. Let's hear it for Jeff Sessions. Hooray, No, it had nothing to do with his religious beliefs. Thank you. That's exactly why I was going to say this headline is totally misleading. It had to do with the commission that made the original ruling using religion as a basis for their ruling in favor of the gay couple. The entire issue was their ruling. It and was the way that they got to their ruling yes. exactly. was and the problem. Well, no, the headline is correct. Sessions is hailing the decision. He apparently doesn't understand it, which is kind of scary since he's the attorney general. <laughs> but he also said there's no need for the power of government or the state's power to be arrayed against an individual who is honestly attempting to live out to freely exercise his sincere religious beliefs, dot, 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 unless it's somebody who uses pot as a sacrament. 
in which case we're kicking down your door. Oh. <laughs> or has sex we don't like in uh, your bedroom. You know, Georgia, until when was it? It was in the 60s that uh, sodomy, in the right? sense of the right. anal sex kind of sodomy, wow. was a felony among married couples in the privacy of their home. You couldn't do that. It also hurts. Uh, L.A. County prosecutors are reviewing a, a sexual assault allegation against Sylvester Stallone. Another one. And I'm, I'm a little confused, and I'll tell you why. You're still laughing about the other thing. I am. I, you know, for some reason, uh, so I found woman, that very funny, even though I uttered it. Yes. A woman claims that in the 90s, Sylvester Stallone uh, attacked her sexually. He denies it. She didn't report it until last year. The statute of limitations has run out. If we believe her, and we believe when it happened, according to her, the statute of limitations is gone. Why is the DA's office looking at it then? Because if I if I go it's to the, because it's Sylvester Sylvester Stallone to see if they can find anybody else who will come Maybe. forward and accuse him of something Maybe. more recent. Because if I call the cops right now and say. 20 years ago, Bill Handel uh, pointed a gun at me and took my wallet. They're not going to open no, an investigation into that not. allegation. He argues, uh, by the way, consensual sex. Right. Uh, as if nobody would ever, no woman, for example, in showbiz, would ever throw herself at Sil uh, Sylvester Stallone when he was at the height of his career. That's impossible. Well, could this well, also... But can I counter you? Yes. Also, though, the ego of... There's no woman who ever wouldn't want it from me. Right. I think that way. Okay, well. No, you are well aware that nobody wants it from you. Well, I, I, I you know, fantasize. Yeah. Can I, can I uh, go back to the point? Which yes. was why they were possibly looking at this? Because you had the woman in Las Vegas who had originally, wasn't she the first woman to come forward saying that she had been somehow assaulted by Sylvester Stallone? So could they be trying to create some sort of maybe, pattern saying there was maybe. this woman in Vegas, yeah, now there's yeah, this maybe. woman in Los Angeles? Yeah, but not a one woman. That's not a pattern, one previous person. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and finish it up. Uh, this is hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. And uh, the morning crew on a uh, Thursday, June 14th. Let's finish up uh, handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And this girl in Santa Ana, well, she had a gentleman break into her bedroom and expose himself. Call me anytime. I don't know if I use the word gentleman. I understand that. No, no, you're being a news person as opposed to a depraved, perverted uh, effort. All right, she had a pervert break into her bedroom. Thank you. I feel better. She's 15 years old. She's asleep. She wakes up and she see she has like some guy hovering over her. I've read a couple stories on this, and she at first one story says she thought it was her dad. You know, you wake up, there's a man standing yeah. over you, and then she realizes it's this perv, and he asks her if she wants to see it. Uh, no. Anyway, he drops it anyway. 
and tells her, shh, be quiet. Well, she immediately starts screaming. He bails. There is uh, security cam footage that finds him, at least shows him running away, trying to pull his pants up. Uh, crazy. And he ran away. They still haven't caught him yet, have they? No, red right. baseball hat, red shirt, tan pants, 20 to 25 years old, thin build, medium complexion, 5'6 to 5'8". Hey, uh, UCSB, University of California, Santa Barbara, They, in their sociology department, they have this online platform. It's run by students, and it's called Sex Info Online, and they have some uh, interesting ideas about how young is too young for sexuality. Because hell. Number one, they say uh, the majority of sexual play between children takes place between the ages of four and seven. Right. And it's perfectly normal, including touching each other's private parts. And parents don't react in a negative way just because you they're know, exploring. Yeah, didn't wait a sec. How many of us played doctor when we were kids? I mean, I certainly did. Well, you the, grew yeah. up in a Jewish home, so you had to. That's very funny. <laughs> and I and I I'll, I'll still remember I played doctor. Tell you what, I'll be the oncologist, uh, and uh, you can be the nurse. This is how Bill Handel played doctor. He, he just comes in and he goes, I'm sorry, I can't treat you anymore because you've run up $100,000 in bills. <laughs> but uh, it's, it makes sense. And to think there's something immoral about kids experimenting and touching. And uh, yeah, I totally ag- agree with that. How about this one? They also say it's important that children understand that viewing pornography is a normal habit and they don't have to be ashamed um, of it. Now that one, that having one a six-year-old, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think know. I'm okay with that one. Yeah, unless it's Stormy Daniels. Okay. I'm not sure I'm okay with this one either. Uh, Target is removing baby daddy Father's Day cards after shoppers called them an insult. That's just my baby Well, here's, here's the thing, talking, though. Yeah, there was a, a black couple on the card. Well, they said it, that part I would have an issue with. Although I have girlfriends who are not married to the fathers of their kids who refer to them like as baby my daddies. baby daddy. I know. So I am not totally sure. Well, when in doubt... Always default to it's racist. That is the way the culture works. If it can be racist, it is racist. Even if it's not, but you can interpret it as such. Uh, that's the craziness. And inside, incidentally, now the outside is, uh, I, I get I get it, you know, a black family. Of course. Now okay, that, part, that one you yes. can remove. But the inside, the word husband and father is used. Happy Father's Day. So, I mean, yeah, okay, why not? We go crazy. And then uh, really uh, interesting way for uh, a chase, uh, car chase. This story is so weird. Here's how it starts. A guy calls the cops and he says, you know, a guy stole guns from me, but he's going to bring them back to me. But could you guys come and make sure it goes smoothly? And they do. And when they show up, another guy's banging on the door of the place where he's supposed to return the guns. He takes off. They go after him. He ends up shooting himself in uh, the U-Haul pickup truck that he was driving after going from Orange County all the way to the Inland Empire. Next, he's dead. You love it when the bad people go oh, ahead and, yeah. and take although, care of the problem yeah, themselves. Although just stealing a car uh, is, you know, I mean, that that is, uh, that's a shame. I mean, when they've killed somebody... And they decide to blow their brains out. Hey, great. You know, I mean, you, you've saved us some money. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy unless they shoot their family first. And then they kill themselves. And their timing is all wrong on that one. Saying, you just handled this wrong. Okay, uh, coming up. Uh, can Michael Cohen really flip 
on uh, Donald Trump. Uh, there's a whole lot to that. We've got a lot to cover this morning. KFI AM 640. I said I like it like that. I said I like it like that. KFI handle here on a whoa Thursday, June 14th. Uh, coming up Saturday, day after tomorrow, Law Day 2018, 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from handleonthelaw.com. Free legal advice in virtually every field of law. Uh, live broadcast of the legal show, 9 to 11 o'clock. Free seminar, prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day for more information. Sponsored by the People's Attorney of Southern California, Sweet James Bergener. Go to SweetJames.com and Sweet James will be there at Law Day. And that's this Saturday at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. All right, big stories that we're covering today. Sarah Huckabee reported uh, that she is leaving and the 2018 World Cup just started this morning. Uh, first game, Russia versus Saudi Arabia, as if anybody cares about world soccer. We just don't. We're just not a soccer country. We're really not. Actually, it's, uh, every, every place in the world, it's football. You know that. Or it's Brazil, it's football. Oh. All right. Now, uh, Michael Cohen... Uh, Maybe flipping. Well, we've had those conversations before, and there are now conflicting reports on Cohen's current current intentions. And as you know, uh, Michael Cohen uh, is or was Donald Trump's personal attorney, and he is the one that was responsible for that $130,000 going to our good friend Stormy Daniels. All right, so George Stephanopoulos of ABC News reported yesterday morning uh, that number one, Cohen's legal team is going to leave his case. We know that's true. And part of the story is that he is now likely to cooperate with the federal prosecutors in New York. That's believed to be imminent. And that is that he is flipping and will testify against uh, even up to the president. And that uh, his legal team is, is leaving, and that's been expected. But that, there's all kinds of speculation. The latest is that uh, the reason they're leaving is because he can't afford them anymore. One of the things we don't talk about is when someone gets nailed and uh, they're on the radar uh, by the feds, far more than the state, and the feds are really going after you, for example, be prepared to spend your life savings on defending yourself with attorneys. And if you have several attorneys on a case that's this high profile, I mean, it's millions of dollars in defense costs. And even if it turns out you win, well, no evidence or not enough evidence or we decide we're not going to prosecute uh, or let's say you win the case, uh, you're broke anyway. So uh, and, and Cohen is saying, uh, no, no, there's no evidence. Well, first of all, Giuliani said that's just simply not true. And at this point, uh, Cohen has not yet even met with the prosecutors to speak about a potential deal. And it's unclear either side is even seeking uh, a meeting. And that's according to other sources. CNN is saying that. And if Cohen, Cohen does end up making a plea deal, 
Uh, this could be monumentally important to the Trump presidency. Although the only thing that's going to be important is the political fallout from a pardon. That's it. Of course he's going to pardon him. And Cohen is up to his eyeballs with the president with all manner of problems. The It's not even the $130,000 uh, to uh, shut uh, Stormy uh, Daniels up. Also, real estate transactions involving huge sums of money uh, in an effort to build the Trump Hotel in Moscow, amongst other places. Uh, he has been in prosecutor sites for a bunch of months. Several months ago, uh, Robert Mueller, special counsel, handed off some information about Cohen to the U.S. attorney uh, in New York, and that was, uh, subsequent to that, was a raid. Remember that? Because of that, the raid happened, warrant was issued, and into the residence and offices of Michael Cohen came the FBI. And Cohen filed a suit in federal court to try to block the Justice Department from reviewing some of his records, claiming they, they would be protected by attorney-client privilege. Well, the judge then appointed an outside uh, special master, which they do all the time, to review the documents because the judge wasn't going to go through 200,000 uh, documents and uh, determine is any of this attorney-client privilege or how much of this is. And the judge ruled uh, after the report from the master, almost none is attorney-client privilege, which makes it even more difficult for Michael Cohen. And uh, Cohen is only one of many. George Papadopoulos, Michael Flynn, Riff Gates, Rick Gates have already cut plea deals with Mueller's office. Mueller has indicted Paul Manafort on 25 counts. That came last week. Manafort, incidentally, has a hearing uh, tomorrow that may well send him in jail. I don't know if Trump is going to pardon everybody. And he might. To shut, he could shut down this investigation so it's finished. And the only thing that would be left is, uh, well, it still wouldn't be finished, even if he pardoned everybody. Why? Because then those people would be brought in simply as witnesses. They would be subpoenaed as witnesses, which is not nearly as powerful as saying, we're going to indict you, we're going to try you, how about cooperating? So... The big deal is going to be the political fallout if the president pardons everybody, particularly Michael Cohen, and it's not going to be a big deal. Why? Because at this point, the entire Republican Party cannot get in the way of Donald Trump. Sanford just got it in the preliminary, in the, uh, uh, in, uh, the primary. And uh, so, you know, Trump owns the, uh, the Republican Party. He can do no wrong, and if he does, does wrong... No one can say anything, and it's uh, the party that controls. They control everything. So, and what are people going to think? Trump did something unpresidential? He shouldn't have done it? Really? That's going to be the first time? All right, coming up next, the immorality of separating families at the border, and there's more to it than that. Wayne is going to join us because it's a federal issue. And it's not just the administration being a bunch of bastards, although there's that too. So I'll cover that coming up. KFI AM 640, okay. 
KFI Handle here on a Thursday. Some of the big stories that we're covering today. Sarah Huckabee Sanders may be leaving as press secretary. And I thought she's doing a brilliant job. She's going to be pretty hard to replace. And uh, Elon Musk, the boring company, which is not boring, uh, just won a bid to build a high-speed express train to Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. Estimated to cost uh, about a, up to a billion dollars, which is cheap. Because uh, in terms of Los Angeles, our metro system, it's a, it's a billion dollars a mile. Or a yard. All right. Now, uh, here's what's going on in the world of uh, the asylum uh, rules. As you know, the federal government, Jeff Sessions, just announced that we're going to make asylum bait for the illegal immigrants based on uh, getting beaten up, economic hardship, uh, getting destroyed, families being shot up by the uh, gangs in Central America particularly. That's not the basis for asylum anymore. Okay. That's one issue. Another huge issue is the separation issue. Is now it, there has been an upturn in separating illegal aliens who come over with their families and separating them out. Oh my God, that's horrible. That's t- and it is. It's horrible and terrible. But here's the part that's being left out: the law, which demands separation. And, Wayne, let's go through it. This is a federal issue, federal criminal justice system. And, of course, you are all over that, having been in the federal criminal justice system for years and years and years. Everyone who's talking about this, like the politicians, every single one of them is leaving out a major chunk of the truth here. Obviously, each side is leaving out a different part. This actually goes back to 1985. And a couple of immigration rights groups sued the federal government. The case was called Flores versus Meese. And they said, you cannot keep minors in these immigration detention centers, even if they're with their parents. And the litigation, it went on for years. And what was the rationale? That the conditions are deplorable and that basically for minors it's inappropriate. All right. Uh, And this went on for, I think, 12 years until finally there was a settlement. It's called the Flores Settlement. And the government agreed that they would not hold minors at these detention centers and that they would release them. They would prioritize releasing them and the order they would try to do it this way if they could. The first choice would be to release them to their parents if that was possible. The next would be to another family member or designated caregiver. But if not, they would have to find the least restrictive alternative. So here we fast forward uh, another decade or so. And the ACLU sues and says uh, the government is not abiding by this settlement that they reached in this litigation because they're holding kids in these facilities. And it came up right here, downtown L.A., uh, Judge Dolly G., and she ruled, that's right, you're not. And she issued another order. So when Jeff Sessions says we have to separate them, he's talking about this decision and this agreement that if you arrest the family together, you can't hold the kids. You have to figure out a way to get the kids out of there. Then he's, But then he's bringing in the other thing, which is if you criminally prosecute the person, they go from a detention center to an actual prison, and with very few exceptions, obviously you're not bringing somebody's 10-year-old son 
to put them with the mother in a women's correctional institution while she awaits well, criminal charges. Even so, we're talking about simply the decision to prosecute an illegal alien uh, criminally. There, the separation at that point happens virtually immediately. The decision to prosecute anybody criminally unless they can make bail, necessitates them being separated from their family. Uh, now, there are some ex- exceptions. Infants that are breastfeeding, well, for example. Yes, especially women who go into prison when they're pregnant. Right. Uh, they make arrangements for them to stay with the baby for a certain amount of time. But you d- never see six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, ten-year-olds in a federal criminal prison with their parents. So the separation uh, effectively is the law and to keep the families together is against the law. If Yes, to keep the families together in a detention center violates the Flores agreement that this uh, government made oh so many years ago. Now, can an exception be made? And I don't know even how that would work. They'd have to build separate facilities within the federal system, the prison system, to uh, keep families together. And the question is... Why would then it only be good for illegal aliens and not for anybody else who has children? And how many prisoners have kids? Uh, many. The, here are the exceptions that could be made. One exception would be uh, to go back to the catch and release system where you catch somebody and you don't hold them in a detention facility. And uh, the other exception that could be made here is to not criminally prosecute. Right. Some of these people. So uh, Jeff Sessions is being disingenuous when he says we're forced to. He's correct. If we decide to detain you or to prosecute you, then we're forced to separate the family. He's not forced to detain or prosecute any particular person. But where he is forced to do is in order to keep families together, he is forced to not criminally charge anybody for crossing the border. Yes, that is correct. And so the choice is... Uh, either decides not to charge and can keep them together or decides to charge and the families have to be separated. That's right. And more importantly than all of that is my ham and cheese on a baguette just arrived, and uh, I'm going to dive into that. Hey, it's a question of priorities. Sessions has his priorities. I have mine. Jennifer Jones Lee, please. I have mine. That's the news. Hey, oh. All right, Handel here in the morning crew on a Thursday, June 14th. So let me tell you what's going on Saturday night after Law Day, and it is the Lawyers and Judges Concert at Walt Disney Concert Hall, and I am emceeing. I do this every year, and Lawyers and Judges, uh, they're on stage. This is a, they have a Philharmonic. And also uh, the chorus, Legal Voices. It's a great evening. It really is. And so uh, why don't you join me? Hard to believe that uh, judges and lawyers can be this talented. And uh, this is a benefit for those who cannot afford legal services, which is basically everybody. So for more information and tickets, visit uh, lalawyersphil.org. And hope to see you there. I wear a tuxedo, by the way. Just to let you know, it's the only time I wear a tuxedo uh, without pants. LALawyersPhil.org. So I'm behind a lectern and I can do that. Okay. Now, let's move to what's happening with uh, the U.S. and North Korea. The summit is over. And now 
the talks are turned over to uh, Mike uh, Pompeo and his team, Secretary of State and his team. And now, since the devil is in the details, they have to go to work. And we first talk about the North Korean sanctions. And those have not been lifted just because of the conversation. As a result of the conversation between uh, Kim and President Trump, uh, the exercises, the military exercises that the U.S. has with uh, South Korea, those have been, I'm going to say postponed, uh, canceled. But Pompeo was saying that if North Korea does not come to the table with good intentions, with sincere intentions, we go back to status quo. And uh, right after Singapore, uh, Mike Pompeo went to South Korea to brief our allies on the summit. And this is when the president, surprise, announced that he was uh, ending those U.S.-South Korea military drills. And he also said, and this is a lot of language. I mean, the president tends to uh, engage in hyperbole that this was a turning point. Very well, maybe, but it's all because of him. And uh, we go on and on and on. And it has nothing to do with anybody else. He's the one that did it. And uh, it's a little bit more sophisticated and subtle than that. And that is uh, North Korea deciding possibly it is time to join the community of nations, uh, lift the sanctions, which is crippling North Korea, and uh, and uh, possibly that they already have their weaponry. And uh, there we go. We don't need it anymore. So now we can start talking. We're already in nuclear power. Now, uh, one of the things that's being said, uh, which I find fascinating, is that North Korea, get, having given up its testing and its testing of the ballistic uh, ballistic missiles, testing of the nuclear weapons and the ballistic missiles, uh, is no big deal because they already have the technology and they're giving up nothing. In reality, giving up testing is a lot. The U.S., we test constantly in order to maintain our level of nuclear capability. Last one being, uh, I think, just a few months ago when a missile was tested off of a Trident submarine. We're constantly testing. To not test uh, certainly deteriorates nuclear capability or delivering nuclear weapons. So the other thing that was said is that in any case, it's going to be a gradual process. And that uh, the U.S. has, uh, Pompeo said, what, two and a half years? And then the uh, the elephant in the room, and that is uh, the reference to complete denuclearization. The communique that uh, was issued, that statement that was issued by uh, Kim and the president, is so vague, is so much pablum, yeah, we want to do something. Yes, our peoples need peace. Uh, yes, we want to reestablish or establish relations. We haven't had any with North Korea ever. And uh, we're all going to be good guys together. On uh, We're going to hold hands together and go on to a new vision of peace, prosperity. Matter of fact, and the reason I'm repeating peace and prosperity, I think I was mentioned three times in uh, that document. And where's the elephant in the room? Well... That is the reference to complete denuclearization. No one knows what that is. 
And the not, what's really easy, Pompeo said, here it is, complete the, the removal of our all nuclear weapons on the Korean Peninsula and the ability to deliver, deliver them, complete, total, verifiable. Well, okay, even that is up in the air. Number one, who verifies? The United Nations? A team from, uh, let's say, country neutral countries? The United States? The military of the United States? The Atomic Energy Commission? No one knows. And at the same time, there isn't a word about verify in the document or anything that's ever come out of North Korea. Very broad. And the devil is in the details. And now they start to work. And uh, other than the... Uh, other than the uh, cancellation of those exercises, uh, which is a big deal. People, uh, you have the military, you have many people, Brian Suits was here yesterday saying it's the worst thing we could ever do because we have to keep that bayonet, we have to keep that knife sharp. Uh, the sanctions are still in in place 100%. So I pray that the president is right. And I know the president certainly has good intentions. I don't think there is an agenda uh, that the president has other than we truly want peace with North Korea. We want denuclearization. We don't know what Kim has in mind. We've done this before with Kim. And he just lied. That was his dad. Just lied. Received the benefits. The sanctions were lifted. And he never Never maintained his promise. All right. So we're gonna, is that going to happen again? Even the president said this is one tough cookie. Kim Jong-un. He's smart. He's a tough negotiator. We'll see. This story is certainly not going to go away. All right. Here is a story that has always bothered me. And uh, this is a statement being made by L.A. Unified. We're going to make all public school kids... College ready by 2023. All of them. Uh-huh. Well, let's talk about that, okay? And talk about how idiotic that is. And uh, even the, the idiot students are going to go to college. I'll, I'll explain. KFI AM 6. here on a uh, Thursday morning, uh, June 14th. And before we get into uh, the topic of uh, everybody should go to college, even the morons, uh, we have some big breaking news that just came in, right, Jennifer? The Attorney General of New York is suing President Donald Trump, the Trump Foundation, and three of his kids alleging the foundation has been in persistent violation of state and federal law governing New York State charities. The AG is seeking to dissolve the foundation for its persistently illegal conduct, according to the lawsuits. All right. So uh, just really quickly, I'm looking at uh, the lawsuit itself. Mm -hmm. And uh, what it says is, first of all, no oversight whatsoever uh, of any board. There was no functioning board of directors, which you have to have in a foundation of this kind. And uh, misuse of charitable assets for the benefit of uh, Donald Trump himself and his personal political and or business interests. And yeah. in fact, uh, the foundation was a checkbook 
and uh, it was paid, uh, used the charitable assets to pay off legal obligations of the entities that uh, Donald Trump and his kids controlled to promote Trump hotels, to purchase personal items, and to support his presidential election campaign. Now, this is, um, I think the point of this is merely to dissolve uh, the foundation the way I read it. They're not asking for any criminal. No, I didn't see uh, that. Nothing, or uh, even any fines at this point, the way I'm reading it, from the individuals involved. If they were able to prove that the charity money was used to pay the president's legal bills or promote his business, could then some criminal charges be filed against sure. the foundation? Sure. Now, it wouldn't be against the foundation. About, I mean, you the... could. You can actually file against an entity. You you could. And then the corporation or the foundation has to pay the fines. Uh, but I think in this case, it is uh, the individual's effectively Trump, the accusations, Trump and the kids stealing money, misrepresenting, uh, defrauding, uh, because they're saying this is a foundation to help kids that are starving, for example. And you take the money and promote Trump hotels or promote or get involved with a campaign uh, or to pay off debts Uh, that you can't do. That's illegal. And if I've donated to the foundation, and uh, I'm assuming that it's going to be for charitable causes. And in fact, it doesn't go to those causes. I'm going to argue I've been defrauded, or at least misrepresent, uh, or at least misrepresent uh, the uh, the process was misrepresentation. So theoretically, I think uh, there could be criminal charges. But you know where this is going to go, I don't know. It's uh, this presidency is such a god awful mess with everything having nothing to do with the presidency. Absolutely nothing. There are civil cases, the Michael Cohen business, the collusion issue, having uh, zero to do with uh, the president, uh, his agenda politically, and uh, the way way, uh, he's governing the country. And so uh, it's very, very difficult. Well, it's been said. And we have uh, said this probably from day one. And it started with a campaign. There was never a campaigner like Donald Trump. There has certainly never been a president like Donald Trump. Uh, I've never, well, you never have either. I think this is a unique presidency. They may go back to Andrew Jackson, who was completely out of his mind. When, for example, he decided uh, that he was going to have uh, a I've been elected party at the White House and all of his friends came and the public was invited, trashed the White House. There was nothing left on that first floor. The drapes, the furniture, uh, the floor was destroyed. And so you had someone who obviously didn't pay particular attention to the presidency And I've said this about Donald Trump, and I think this is part of the complaining, is that uh, not only is Donald Trump uh, one of the strangest presidents we have ever had, he is a counter-president. He is a president who goes out of his way not to be presidential. I mean, when's the last time you saw a president every time criticize, and the guy's got uh, the thinnest skin in the world, you criticize me, I go nailing you. I mean, what president 
when you have a personal attack, and that's, imagine how many personal attacks Clinton had, uh, Eisenhower had, Barack Obama had, George uh, W. Bush, uh, George uh, H. W. Bush, or George G., yeah, uh, the two Bushes. I mean, that's uh, the cost of doing business when you're president. Well, this one just attacks. Attacks, attacks, and attacks right back. It's a very different presidency. So we'll see what happens, how he now retorts on this one. Because this is a suit against the president. Is this part of uh, the witch hunt? Well, of course it is. Anything that goes against the president under any circumstances, any criticism is clearly a witch hunt, and it has nothing to do with reality. All right, uh, coming up, let's go ahead and uh, do uh, the story I was going to do. Uh, uh, We have to do it? That's too bad. Uh, All right, Uh, God bless me. All right, we'll do a success from scratch. Oh, we can do it in one segment. Let's let's do it. Success from scratch, uh, we'll uh, do that coming up, and it's about peanut butter, sort of. Well, not quite, but it's close. All right. KFI AM 640. All right, handle in the morning crew. It is a Thursday. Much to talk about yet. And we start with, well, first of all, the big stories that we're covering include uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, about to leave uh, the White House, or so we're hearing. Michael Cohen, uh, he's bailing out on his attorneys. Uh, is is he going to flip? Rudy Giuliani says no. And the World Cup starts this morning. Russia versus Saudi Arabia. Bet you didn't even know that those two countries were in the World Cup. And John, are you aware of Russia and Saudi Arabia as countries? Okay, yes. excellent. I'm glad you are. All right, it's time for a Success from Scratch segment brought to you by Lifteek. Look years younger without facelift surgery. Go to lifteek.com. All right, I'm hanging on to uh, some packets here of, uh, well, almond butter and uh, what else? Peanut butter, uh, hazelnut butter, and uh, peanut butter cup, chocolate peanut butter cups. And what's this about, right? Well... It's a success from scratch. And uh, this product is called Justin's. And in his 20s, uh, Justin Gold uh, was working at a restaurant. This was from Boulder, Colorado, and was a lover of the active lifestyle. Does everybody who live in Boulder have active lifestyles? Are there any couch potatoes in Boulder? You know, sit around, eat your ham and cheese on a baguette, binge watch. So he was a vegetarian, or is a vegetarian, and he was in search of a portable, healthy snack to help fuel his workouts. Didn't ask me, because I would have suggested ham and cheese on a baguette. And one of his favorite foods was peanut butter, which I'm not a big fan of. But uh, when he searched for a peanut uh, butter-based snack, he noticed, how come peanut butter comes in only two choices, smooth or crunchy? That's how I like my sex. Smooth or crunchy. And this led him to begin experimenting and making his the peanut butters at home. And then a business idea came to him. Right? Would other people like this? 
So uh, he began experimenting with peanut and almond butter. And it's so easy to do that. I mean, peanut butter, you throw a bunch of peanuts into a blender, uh, you turn it on, it becomes peanut butter. But he started adding honey and maple syrup and chocolate and cinnamon, cayenne pepper, and all kinds of spices to create these new flavors. And he would fill up these little jars around the house with these experimental uh, butters. And my roommates would always steal everything that I was making. So I literally ended up putting my name on the jar, Justin's. And from that point, my roommates kind of encouraged me, hey, these are really good. You should sell these. Now, I have the same issue at home. Uh, particularly with my daughter, Pamela, she brings home food, and I'll eat it unless she has her name on it that says Pamela's. Now, here's the difference between Justin and Pamela. Justin created a business. Pamela just eats the stuff that she has her name on. So he was working his day job as a server. Uh, that's a male waitress. And he began working nights and weekends uh, in a salsa company's kitchen in Denver. And that facility was FDA compliant, so he was able to produce large quantities of his nut butters and sell them. His friends and family helped him raise about $30,000. And boom, he officially launches his business. And it started a local community in Boulder, and the community starts becoming more familiar with the butters. They love the butters, obviously, and I'll tell you the uh, amount of sales he's doing. And this is... The hard part of any kind of a food product because it is almost impossible to get stores to carry a new food product. So he was able to convince a few local stores to demo his product, you know, like Costco demos their stuff, and eventually sell them. So eh, it's doing okay. He still feels something is missing, though. The jars are doing pretty well, but he thinks... Back to his initial on-the-go inspiration. Remember, he started this because he was cycling and doing all of uh, his physical stuff that you folks do, which I don't understand. And that's when he got his idea for squeeze packs at buck fifty-nine. I'm holding on one of these squeeze packs right now. And how would you describe this? Uh, you know, just a little, uh, like ketchup. Like a little ketchup pack, except bigger. Just larger. Yeah. yeah, larger as, you know, you do the Heinz stuff that you pick them up at uh, various fast food stores. And uh, so I, here's the problem. People wanted these, and he knew they were going to go, but here was his mistake. He placed them in the energy bar section of the markets, and nothing happened. They weren't moving. So he was in Whole Foods at the time, and he simply asked Whole Foods to move these squeeze packs to the peanut butter aisle. Sales exploded. That was the secret. Once I learned where in the store to sell it and how to sell it, I was able to rewrite my business plan, raise money from local angel investors, and then scale the business to have more of a national footprint. Now, you would usually think, that it would be Whole Foods. Talk about one of the most successful food stores in the country. They would know where to place this, right? Everybody was wrong. In the peanut butter aisle. So, there you go. We'll come back. I'll I'm going to have to try those. I have like 20 uh, packs of Jif, those little single-serve Jifs yeah. in my locker right now. Yeah. Well, have to try those. All right. Now Justin's, is that what they're called? Justin's, Justin's. yeah. All right, All right, we'll come back and uh, finish this up right here. KFI AM 640.
right, KFI handle here on a Thursday morning. Some of the top stories we're covering include Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We're hearing she's going to bail as press secretary. Michael Cohen, more talk about him flipping. And I continue on with the success from scratch uh, story about this uh, young man, uh, Justin Gold, who created uh, various kinds of organic peanut butter and almond butter and uh, the, the real success, I mean, the, the, the amount of money he's selling this stuff is astronomical. Uh, it's all organic, and it's, well, it's all organic. And he's put different flavors in. And so here's what uh, we're going to do. We're going to have a, a taste test. Uh, he sent some over, and one of his newer products is uh, peanut butter cups. Okay, just like Reese's peanut butter cups, but these are all organic and they're supposed to be better quality. Now, I must tell you that I am not a fan of peanut butter cups. I genuinely, yeah, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm, I genuinely dislike peanut butter cups. So now, here it goes. You ready? Mmm. I still hate peanut butter cups. Okay, so much for that one. Now, we have these little packets. I mean, that's a compliment uh, to Justin's. No, it's good. It tastes like a better Reese's. No, but because it's if smoother. He, because if he liked it, then it would mean it doesn't taste like a peanut butter cup. Oh, yeah. Mm. So it is a Fair compliment enough. that you didn't sort of. like it. Okay, so now uh, we have these packets, and they look like this is uh, also, this was his secret, too, is coming out with these packets. And uh, that's one of the reasons he became so successful. So, uh, imagine one of those ketchup packets, but bigger, uh, two, three times bigger. And I'm looking at maple almond butter. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Oh, here's the white chocolate peanut butter cup, which I'm not going to get near. Uh, Here's dark chocolate peanut butter cup, which I'm also not going to get near, although Marjorie loves these. Uh, So, those are going home. So, here we go. I'm trying the maple almond butter. Did you follow the directions? Oh, I have to need. You have to knead and squeeze a little bit before you open it up. And that's what she said. Okay. <laughs> and that's why I pointed it out. Yes. Okay. Here we go. So you know what? Uh, what do you have? Which one do you have? I have classic almond okay. butter. All right. Here we go. I'm opening up the maple almond butter, and that's now going on a graham cracker. All right, because you have to put it on something. Here we go. I squeeze it out. Oh, my God. Come on. It's not that easy to get out. It's very thick. Okay? The classic and, is very good. Yeah, I'm going to... I just go. ate it out of the packet because I'm not a fancy man. Like okay. That. And I'm going to... You know, let me try it. It's on a, it's on a graham cracker. Mmm, that's a great graham cracker. <laughs> oh, my Bill. gosh, Phil. Comparison. It's actually very good. He did the maple maple almond butter. It's actually did, right? it's actually very very good. Uh, and I'm not I'm not a big fan of these butters, uh, you know peanut butter almond butter that sort of thing. Marjorie is, she um she, she that's her default uh, food is peanut butter on a bagel. Strangely enough, oh bagel chip, uh, just how unusual, right? But actually, it's, this is actually good stuff. Hmm. Another bite. What do you have, Wayne? I have the classic almond butter, which oh, I which I took straight. Yeah, it's great. I have and, vanilla. Uh, okay. Trying and to open there, it. And there's Jennifer. 
He's going to try it. This is Justin. So we're, put, we're whoring him like crazy, but uh, it's really Justin, good stuff. I can't get the freaking packet it's really over. Oh, I, I feel like a dog <laughs> that, you, that you put peanut butter on its gums. <laughs> my my tongue is going all over the place on this. Have some coffee real quick. Anyway, oh, there's uh, the opener. Sorry, Justin, I'm just dumb. All right. So anyway, it. so uh, obviously I missed a lot of it. He just started this. Uh, well, actually, it's been around since 2012, and by then, uh, 20 employees, 20 million dollars in sale. Three-year growth of 614%. Two years later, 30 employees, and the snack packs took off. You know who bought the company in uh, 2016, four years after he started this? Hormel Foods. $286 million. He's done. Wow. Yeah. Are we going to see a chili-flavored almond butter? I'm sure we will. (laughs) And incidentally, Hormel Foods, uh, Justin still runs the company. Because they wanted him to, oh, cool. yeah, no, because he he's the one that built it. He's the one that runs it. And that happens all the time, uh, that they'll keep a CEO who has created uh, the business. Okay. Coming up next, handle on the news. You couldn't have waited no. till after the lockout to shove more in your mouth? No, of course not. This was a really dumb idea for us to eat peanut butter on the radio. Well, it's good stuff. Okay. Coming up, Handle on the News, late edition. All right, Jennifer. Handle on the News, late edition. Handle on the News. I don't think we can take a risk on a loose cannon like Bill Handle. Handle here. It is a... Thursday morning, June 14th, I want to remind you that uh, Saturday, day after tomorrow, it's uh, Law Day at the Bowers Museum in uh, Santa Ana from uh, 9 to 2 o'clock. 100 legal experts or more from HandleOnTheLaw.com. Free legal advice in virtually every field of law. You can see one lawyer. You can see a dozen. I don't care. Bring your documents. Uh, Handle on the Law live, the broadcast, 9 to 11. Free seminar, win prizes. Just log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day. Of course, it's all free because you're a bunch of cheap bastards. And uh, you're going to get free legal advice. Bowers Museum, 9 to 2 o'clock on Saturday. Okay, guys, are you ready to do it? Let's do it. Handle on the news, late edition, lead story. Story that uh, just broke maybe an hour ago. Uh, The New York has filed, the New York Attorney General's filed a lawsuit against President Trump and his three eldest children alleging persistently illegal conduct at President Trump uh, charity, saying that Trump misused those funds, no oversight from a board, and the money went to pay personal bills, campaign bills, uh, pay off business uh, his business uh, business's creditors, decorate one of his golf clubs, uh, you can't do that with a nonprofit. So uh, she wants go. it dissolved. Uh, yeah, and hefty fines. More. She, she wants him to pay more, almost three times as much in restitution as the charity has right now. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Uh, and then uh, North Korean uh, state TV, you're talking about, of course, uh, owned, not owned by iHeart, but certainly owned by North Korea. And uh, it finally aired oh, so its first they have video. Mic stands they certainly do. do. <laughs> 42 minutes, uh, the program, narrated by uh, the most famous newscaster there. You've seen her. That sort of, uh, she's in the traditional North oh, Korean yeah. garb and uh, sounds like a cat being attacked by an axe. Uh, yes. So uh, there we go. And the 42 minutes, a behind the scene look at the trip including the arrival in Singapore on a chartered Air China 747 uh, airplane. Uh, his motorcade would appear to be a warm welcome from throngs of people crammed on the streets. That I don't know about. You know, and they were, you know, did you notice those people were not moving much because they were all cardboard cutouts. <laughs> but I now this makes sense, though, because remember we were all like, wow, he's really breaking with tradition, like, you never see North Korean leaders do this kind of thing. His, you know, his father and grandfather didn't right. do this. What's he doing out in the crowd? Well, now we know they were putting together this stupid video where Trump doesn't even show up for 20 minutes into the darn thing. Well, that's well, I, where that was the, the whole point of the trip in the first place. Yep. Daddy, well, daddy, daddy. Can I watch Kim Jong-un, our dear leader, lounging around his presidential suite at the St. Regis? Not until after you finish your rocks. Yes. Well said. OK. Well, now this is a crazy story. Stanley has been granted a restraining order against his business partner, who is now under investigation by the LAPD on allegations of elder abuse. Stan Lee. You said Stanley. Oh, yeah, I thought Stanley. Stanley who? Stanley. Uh, yes. Of course, Stanley. Yeah, it's weird. He's ninety-five. Uh, there is an there is an issue of a partner of his or several partners. Uh, being accused of elder abuse because uh, he's not all there. And uh, he, Stan Lee, has been granted a restraining order against a business partner who is under investigation for that elder abuse. And now you have a legal guardian who's asked for the restraining order against this, uh, I guess, now previous business partner. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah, and listen, but listen to this. This is what Stan Lee's Twitter page had on it, this video of it, that Stan Lee, this is Stan Lee. Listen to what he said. I just want to go on the record as saying I have only one partner, only one person who does represent me, and that's Kia Morgan. Why would you say that? Just Unless you were being pressured, yes, yeah. you're yes. being pressured right. to sure. do it. Surely, a federal grand jury has uh, charged a man with threatening to harm Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, and people who marched in favor of gun control. Yep. Nicholas uh, Bukowski uh, threatened to assault and murder uh, these people. Uh, he is being defended by a lawyer, lawyer paid for by the Trump administration. And uh, it's we'll see how uh, far this one goes. I guess you can't threaten those people. You really can't threaten anyone. Yeah, let's yeah, just not threaten true. anyone. Yeah. Steve Scalise has come a long way from this time last year. We've come a yeah. long it's hard to believe it was a year ago. Yeah. I remember we broke in with this story yep. that there had been a shooting on this softball field in Virginia where all these Republicans were practicing. And uh, Steve Scalise had been shot in the hip. And it was kind of touch and go there for a while. It didn't oh yeah, seem he came like the very. Injury. He came very close to dying. Yeah, and it was uh, it was really tough. And then the gunman, of course, uh, was uh, killed. And uh, he there were several people wounded. Him uh, by far the worst. And it was uh, and the only reason the gunman was killed is because Scalise 
had security because he's high enough up on the food chain. One of the, the leadership has security uh, in both the Senate and the House. What majority whip? Uh, yeah, the, well, the certainly time. the speaker, the whip, and he's the whip. Yeah. And uh, it could be just those two uh, that have security. Yeah, I think it is. It's just those two. But uh, in any case, uh, he has come back. Uh, the game continues on, although this was in, during uh, practice, and they used the practice field. Now they're practicing. We don't know where. They're keeping that very quiet. And can you imagine how much security is on that field? But they're going to play the game again. It's the Republicans versus uh, the Democrats softball. And uh, they do. it's a charity event they do every year. All right, uh, we're going to come back and uh, finish up Handle on the News, late edition. KFI Handle here, and uh, there we go. You know, we really should broadcast what we say during the breaks. No, we shouldn't. That's correct. Uh, it would be fascinating once, and then you'd have a new crew saying the same thing. The somebody, because somebody here is a very bad influence. Uh, yeah. Alex. Uh, also, incidentally, uh, the story that we broke this morning where I was talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, the reports that she is leaving the White House, well, she just came back and said, I don't know what you're talking about. I never said that. Someone just ran with the story. So uh, she's saying no. But so you, now she can't leave. Well, that's not because true. Because if, le- if she said nothing, that's one thing. Right. If she's now pushing back against it, but then she leaves anyway. But that, that, that Trump administration, that's what's been happening the whole time administration. I know, but then I'm Michelle Wolf might not- call her a liar. That's true. All right, back we go. Uh, more handle on the news late edition. Uh, we talked about this earlier. Uh, they found a lot of uh, undocumented immigrants in Texas, including 54 of them in a in a tractor trailer. There was a guy watching this on the news in San Antonio, and he saw them all waiting there because they have to interview every single one of them before they take them anywhere. And uh, he got concerned that they were hungry, and he actually got into his tow truck. He's a tow truck driver. And he went to a Little Caesars, and he bought seven pizzas to bring to them, and then he didn't know if they would let them give the pizzas to these people. Yeah. They did. They did, which is unusual. And they're supposed to feed them, but only when they're in a detention center, which they do. Oh, and so but these, while they're going through the yeah, questioning, they, these they guys are on, they're on the ground oh. and uh, probably handcuffed, or if not handcuffed, certainly they can't move. And this guy goes ahead and uh, buys. Now, here is the question. Seven pizzas. How far does seven pizzas go when you have 54 people? Okay, that's for starters. Okay, very thin slice of pizza. You know, it's like seven, seven and a half people per pizza. Yeah, but that's, no, that doesn't work. That's very. Well, you uh, get one piece of it's pizza, the yeah, basically. That well, no, no, no. The other thing is he went to Little Caesars. What does that tell you? And uh, so that's a double hit. No, it tells you it was spur of the moment, and he went to a place where they have pizzas that are already made that you can just grab. I think that's what it is. How do you say what? No pepperoni? Maybe he got them the extra most bestest. That's the double the cheese, double the pizza for an extra bus. Anyway, how about uh, $325,000 worth of cocaine in somebody's truck in Glendale? Bales of cocaine falling from the flying plane. Yep, there goes someone's nose, that's for sure. Doesn't say why he was originally pulled over. But You're he, having he, a Pavlovian reaction to but this story, Bill. He, he consents 
to a search of his vehicle. Is he out of his mind? But One they, thing yeah. that happens, I can tell you, is people think that if they agree that the cops will say, oh, he must not have anything to hide. We don't like good. Thank you. Goodbye. They actually think that if you agree to a mm. consensual search, that maybe they won't bother. But they do bother. They bother. Oh, Bill. Researchers have found that religious people live four years longer than atheists. Well, I'm dying next week. (laughs) That's it. John Ramirez, you're going to live to be 8,000 years old. I'll say goodbye right now. That doesn't mean that atheists die young. It could be that religious people live to be 104 and atheists live to be 100. Okay, uh, a couple of points. First of all, I'm not an atheist. I am more agnostic than I am an atheist. Uh, it's sort of I don't know. Now, uh, here... That's but, cutting it pretty fine. No, no it's not. But here is... Uh, it's one of these uh, that are uh, causal relationships that are not necessarily causal relationships. One, it, For example, uh, religious people uh, tend to engage more with other people, and we know that people who socialize a lot live longer. Okay? That's just one of the rules. But... The study shows that it's good for one year, only socializing. So why, where's the extra three years? Well, they're looking at religious people don't drink as much. Religious people don't smoke as much. And uh, they live more moderate lifestyles. They're religious. So you put all of that together, and it may have nothing to do with religion. It's like, you know, the autism and uh, the injections, right? Vaccination and autism. I've always said is how many... Of those kids who got autism had injections and have eaten at McDonald's once in their lives. And I'm saying the McDonald's is a bigger connection to autism than the vaccination. Causal connections. I mean, still, though. I'm going to live forever. The devout Catholic speaks up. Yeah. And by the way, let me ask something, John. If you saw 54, 54 people lined up that you knew were hungry would you go to your local church and get those wafers and hand those out they're not nutritional value though oh my god oh no they're what do you mean they're not they're god wait but you're they're they're not not comparing wafers they are are jesus it's the body of christ now they may look like a ritz cracker but uh religious okay you know john and i get into these religious arguments all the time and I've always asked when they hand out the crackers, right? When they uh, put them on your tongue, do they ever put cheese whiz on them to at least make them more palatable? Oh boy! What? Okay, coming when light. Up- hey, Jen, when yes. lightning strikes, yes. What's the uh, diameter of the strike area? Just be holding wood. I think we should just give everybody a two by four from now on. Oh, something Bill can never us. do. Okay, uh, <laughs> I want I want you to. I'm going to introduce someone to you uh, coming up. And I'm going to interview him, a guy by the name of Basil Basil Baz. Interesting name, but I've rarely rarely talked to anybody who is that interesting. And uh, we'll come back with that. KFI AM 640. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop, children. What's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. 
KFI handle here, and I want to introduce you to just one fascinating character, Basil Baz, who uh, has a nonprofit we're going to talk about in a minute, the Association for Recovery of Children. Uh, former CIA Intelligence Special Operations Group Officer, a graduate of Citadel. I have a guy who works for me, graduate of Citadel. Right. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Intelligence Commendation Medal, former counterterrorism officer in the U.S. Marine Corps. I mean, on and on and on. Uh, so Basil and I were just uh, talking about some of his stories uh, because uh, I, I had asked you, not only are you involved with the nonprofit, but you also speak and uh, you also, uh, you're a life coach. I am. I have a life coach business, lifecoachboz.com. Exactly. We do a lot of trauma clearing. Uh, what does that mean? Um, you know, the big word PTSD now. Yes. It's a huge thing, but it, it all finally falls in that category of trauma. And so a lot of people throughout their life have traumatic events that occur, hold on to it. Um, it gets lodged in their body. It gets lodged in their brain. And, of course, they go to a therapist. They may go to a psychologist. Interesting enough is we developed a trauma clearing method that is giving us 100% success rate. And I took a little bit of what I learned in the CIA. I took a little bit of what I learned from a guy named Rick Lombard, who believed he was divinely inspired to really think how the body really works. And Was he? I think he was. Okay. I think he was, actually. And, uh, and so we began using this trauma clearing method. And uh, I'm clearing people's trauma in 24 hours. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah, and it works, and it, you know, it's solid. So that has become... Uh, it has become a great demand. And a big part of your life now, I would assume. It has become a big part of my life. And, and, you know, with our nonprofit, of course, that's all donations. So in order to pay your bills, you have to do other things. So, yeah, let's talk about one of the other things, uh, the part. And we'll get to the nonprofit. Uh, the, uh, uh, what you do is uh, you still go out and do the CIA-ish kind of stuff. You're telling me that you actually are involved in, what, bringing people out of countries, guarding people, uh, uh, involved with uh, recovery of uh, people that are politically held overseas. Tell me a little bit about that. We do. Um, and I say we because there's always a team that accompanies me of former special operations guys. And you uh, put these teams together. We do. We're we're kind of a brotherhood. We've it's been like around a, since. It's like a, mo- a movie. It's like I a movie. A, I have a job for you. Go, I need my team, my criminal team. One guy's going to be the safe cracker. One guy's going to be the the, uh, the encryptor. That's fascinating. We kind of had those guys, yeah. Um, you know, some time ago, uh, when I got out of the agency, I became part of a really kind of an elite group of gentlemen, and they're known as life guarantors. And life guarantors are basically people that you call upon when you think your life is in danger. So um, oftentimes, uh, when people get jammed up in another country and they need to be extracted, they'll call their insurance company or they'll reach out to us. We're talking about a ransom demand, I assume. Well, it can be K&R. It can just be the country's going upside down and we can't get our airplane out of here and we can't get our executives out of here. We need help. So I'll assemble what we call tier one operators. These are a lot of guys that were in downrange in Afghanistan and I mean, all the way back to Iran-Contra, actually. You know, some of the old guys are really good. They're slower, but they're really smart. And uh, what we'll basically do is go in and clean up the mess that they got themselves in and get them out and get them back home safe. So when you talk about extracting, it's extracting, are, are we talking about literally what we see in the movies? Depends on what movie you watch. You know, some movies are really bad. We're pretty clean yeah. with what we do. <laughs> I, I don't know what quite what that means. Uh, do you, put- you know, yeah, they're in, let's say. Uh, Give me an example. All right, let's say you go do a radio show in Kinshasa in the Congo. And uh, you say, Buzz, should I go here? And I go, 
you know, Bill, I don't think you should go there. But you go anyway. You go there. All of a sudden, someone takes your passport. Uh, they go, you're kind of like institutionally kidnapped. Um, you give me a call and you go, I can't get out. I don't know why I can't get out, but it's not looking good. They took all my money. Now they want my bank account, blah, 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 help. So we'll put a team together, and we probably already geolocated you or something like that, and we'll bring a team in and very quietly get you back out. So how do you do that? I mean, you need paperwork to get in. You have to. I'm assuming you go in legally, or, or do you sneak mm. over borders? Well, we always go in legally, and going in legally doesn't mean you have to let everybody know why you're there. So you go in as a tourist, perhaps. I mean, there's other ways of going in. Right, but how, do you but get, in this how case, would you get someone out who doesn't have paperwork, doesn't have passports? Um, if so, legally, your so illegally, your passport has been taken. You're right, an American citizen. It. We need to get you out. So we'd probably just uh, we'd probably make contact with you, and we'd fly a private plane okay. in and load you on the plane and get you out. Okay. Or we might drive you across the border, or we might have contacts in the Congo that assist with that extraction. It's fascinating. And by the way, when you're talking about the old guys, uh, yeah. are still pretty good. You're no youngster yourself. No, I'm 61, but I'm still downrange and doing it. You know, hey. And you look good for 61. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's I mean, a compliment. You have, you have a, a lot of hair, which is very depressing for people like me, uh, <laughs> that you wear in a ponytail. And you're obviously in very good shape. You know, uh, so I, you think, work, I assume you work pretty hard at it. I do. And I think a lot of that comes from uh, the whole special operations community uh, and, and that culture. I, I don't know very many special operations guys that even in their later years aren't in great shape. Um, former Sergeant Major of Delta Force... Ron Franklin, who was also in special operations in the CIA, Ron's probably now 87 maybe. He could probably still outrun me and probably outswim me now. And he's got me by 20 years. It's incredible. I just think it's part of the culture. All right, here's what we're going to do. I want to take a break and come back and talk about uh, your nonprofit. And it's not your normal nonprofit that – feeds people and gives milk to kids overseas. I mean, this is serious stuff. It's ARC, uh, the Association for the Recovery of Children. I'll be right back with Basil Boz, KFI. Basil here, and we're back. Basil Baz, founder and president of this organization, ARC, Association for the Recovery of Children. And uh, Basil, former CIA agent, uh, intelligence, special operations, basically a Delta Force kind of guy, right? Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> You're so funny. I like to talk about it, but I have to kill you, Bill. That, sort of, that, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, U.S. Marine Corps. And then you, U.S. Marines. Right. And then into uh, the CIA. Got recruited by the CIA in 1985 out of the Marine Corps as a counterterrorism officer. Found myself in special operations Stayed there for 10 more years amongst legends, people that had just kind of disappeared. You didn't know where they went, but you knew their track records. You had heard about what the great things they had done while they were in the military, while they were in special operations, and they all kind of got sucked into the black hole of CIA special operations. And you knew who all of them were? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I and got you, to know you, them better. I and, knew them by their reputation. It was like so. When you meet one of these legends, do you I bow down in front of yeah, them. yeah. You ask for like, autographs and things, kiss their feet. Yeah, no, I get it. All right, let's talk about your organization, Ark. Uh, tell me about this. Uh, the Association for the Recovery of Children was formed in 1993. It's an it's a nonprofit organization of former intelligence, military, and law enforcement officers who are dedicated to the safe recovery of missing 
and exploited American children, generally and, and now mostly with children that are being trafficked, uh, mostly American children. We've dealt with other, other children as well. It was formed in 1993 during an event that changed my life uh, in Mogadishu, Somalia. You remember the movie Black Hawk Down? Oh, of course. So prior to that event happening, there were two or three CIA teams that went in, as they always do, uh, sort of two-man teams ahead of everybody else. Assess the situation, collect intel, reopen things, you know, let everybody know the door can be open. Went there, was there attached with uh, a team of center spike, which are communicators, kind of Delta Force guys. And it was during that time there that we discovered uh, two children who were the abandoned children of either an American or an Italian engineer. They were dressed in blue jeans, little green T-shirts, hiding underneath some debris, looked really out of place. We rescued them, got them to a, a safe house there. And when I came back to the United States, it just kind of weighed on my, my heart. It was like, wait a minute, what happens to kids around the world? But what's happening to kids in America? I started checking in at that time in 1993. There were about According to the FBI, there were about 250,000 missing in the United States. And when I said, what do you mean missing? And they said, well, we don't really know. Some are runaways, some go into trafficking, some go all over the place. And it was from that point on that I formed the Association for the Recovery of Children and more special operations guys, saw what we were doing, and decided to come on board and volunteer, as we all do with no no salary for this, um, to just simply do what we do best, which is save lives. So do you extract kids? Uh, we do. Rescue children that we are do. trafficked? We do. It, so who hires you to do that? How do you get the information? Is it parents, uh, schools? Uh, who right. gives you that no, stuff? No, um, Bill, no one hires us per se. Oh, well, who asks you yeah. to do Li- this? Literally every day. We're so well known now that we get phone calls every single day. This kid is missing. It can be from non-custodial parentals. It can be custodial parentals. It can be... Uh, FBI that says we can't go down. We know there's a kid missing that's down in Costa Rica, but the cartel is down in that area, and we don't really want to deal with it. Would you like to go deal with it? Or the police that we have a great relationship with or the L.A. Sheriff's Department. I mean, it's just it's it's unlimited. So how do you if you're getting calls every day, obviously you have to choose. There has to be a triage method that you use. What's the basis of you choosing which kid you're going to go after? I look at the case um, that's presented. I um first pray about it see if that's if god's in it so to speak because believe it or not as good as we are we're not that good okay. we gotta always have some miracles happening and two i look to see if i believe that the kid is even alive okay again and three we'll look at our budget and if we have a budget to go get the kid then then we'll pretty much run the operation and it can go anywhere anywhere around the united states to even right here in compton la whatever it may be we get a lot of calls around this area that there's a 12 or 13 year old girl that's being prostituted and she might be at this location, you know, her mother. Okay, so be. I would think that's fairly easy operationally if someone is local. Now, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of going overseas, right. I mean, that's money. I mean, there's no way that that is not going to cost. It does cost. It costs us to get on an airplane. It costs to basically eat. It costs right. us to move around the country. To and go you can't bring weaponry in. No, we don't take weapons with us at all. If we were to do an operation, let's say in Libya or Syria, and we knew it was a dangerous area and we're going to be downrange, that might be a little bit different story. 
but we haven't taken any weapons with us in the last. Okay, and when you say that might be a different story, uh, what, what does that mean? I don't know. Let's say State Department calls us up and says, you know what, there's an orphanage full of kids, and we know that there's five American kids that somehow have been trafficked all the way, and they're stuck in Libya. We want you guys to go in and get them out. And then you use your then skill level. Then we would level. be sanctioned to carry. Then you, know, okay. We'd be sanctioned to carry weapons. You know, this, just, uh, this is such fascinating stuff. I mean, I could go on and on, uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I can't do two hours on this, although I love to battle. So uh, there's a website where people can help you, I'm assuming. There is, yeah, www.recoveryofchildren.org. And um, as I mentioned before, um, no one on our staff gets a salary. Uh, it's all donations. I think one of the goals for us now is to find those big donors that have sustainable funding so that we can have such a large amount we can turn it over to money advisors and say, here, let this money make money for us and tell us every month. What's your annual budget? Or how much would you do you think you need, let me put it that way, to do a, the job you want to do? For the rest of our existence? Yeah, per mean? year. Oh, per year? Yeah. I think if we had $3 million per year. Okay, so this is big money you're asking for. Well, there's a lot of kids missing. I got it. A lot, that's true. A lot of kids. All right, so that's uh, recoveryofchildren.org. Dot org. All right, Basil, it's a great story. I mean, you're a movie. Uh, I'm <laughs> Thank you, Bill. literally I'm surprised that no one has optioned your story. Uh, that's recoveryofchildren.org and we'll have all the information on our website too and uh, there'll be a link. Basil, thank you. Thank you, Bill. Love the story. You're doing great work, obviously. This is KFI AM 640. here on a uh, Thursday, June 14th. Some of the big stories that we're covering. Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, was reported to be leaving the White House uh, this morning. Well, this morning was a report that she'd be leaving. And she came back, responded with, uh, what planet are you folks on? I am not leaving the White House. Okay. Back and forth. Now, uh, when people say they're not leaving the White House, uh, this White House, uh, that generally means they are leaving. Uh, this White House. So go figure. Also, Michael Cohen, uh, more talk of him flipping and cooperating, although Rudy Giuliani says there's no chance, which means there's a big chance. All right. Also, Law Day coming up on Saturday, day after tomorrow, 9 to 2 o'clock at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. Over 100 legal experts from HandleOnTheLaw.com giving you free legal advice in virtually every field of law. Handle on the Law broadcast, 9 to 11. Free seminar prizes throughout the day. Log on to KFIAM640.com. The keyword is Law Day, uh, Saturday, 9 to 2, the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. All right. Oh, wow. A subject on privacy? We've never talked about privacy before, have we? Well, Apple, uh, its position on that iPhone uh, has always been that it should be a secure device that only the owner can open, which has led to battles with law enforcement who want to get information off those iPhones. And then there was that very well-publicized showdown with the FBI. I remember 2016 when we had that attack in San Bernardino. Uh, those two terrorists killed, what, 16 people or whatever, or 30 people. Well, uh, Apple refused to help open the locked iPhone of that couple and wanted information on was there a connection with uh, terrorist groups, what was going on? Uh, Apple said no. No, not going to happen. So uh, there was a mess legally. But here's what the FBI eventually did. Is they paid a third party to crack the phone. 
And since then, law enforcement agencies across the country have employed the strategy to get into the locked iPhones, arguing that it's going to save someone's life, arguing that children are at stake, at risk, and Apple is saying privacy is all important. This is what the civil libertarians uh, say, the privacy people say. It is more important for your privacy than for it's just the cost of doing business if people die. Same philosophy goes with the presumption of innocence versus guilt. Putting someone wrongly to jail is far worse uh, than uh, putting uh, letting a thousand people go. It's just that's the way you look at life. Oh, get it? And that's if you're a constitutional guy, a freak. So um, now Apple is closing that loophole that lets authorities hack into iPhones. Now, Apple said it was planning a software update anyway that would effectively disable the charging and data port. Uh, This is where you plug in power cables, adapters, an hour after the phone is locked. And once that happens, a person needs to enter the password to transfer data or from the device using a port. And the law enforcement folks say it's going to hinder us like crazy uh, because we've been opening the locked iPhones by connecting another device using uh, special software to the port. And if you lock down the port, well, you've locked down the ability to even hack in. And... According to Chuck, uh, Chuck Cohen, who uh, leads the Indiana State Police Task Force on Internet Crimes Against Children, said if we go back to the situation where we again don't have access, we know uh, directly all the evidence we've lost, that we know we're on the iPhone, and the kids uh, are put in a position of uh, a safety risk. And Apple said, uh, nope, nope, privacy to the users of iPhones is paramount. And they're not alone. In saying this, as I said, the uh, privacy advocates will say if some kids are killed, uh, if evidence is lost, that's simply the price you pay because privacy is all important. Now, uh, the Indiana State Police said it unlocked 96 iPhones this year, each time with a warrant. And how do they do that? Remember, third party. It's not Apple that's releasing this information because they're privacy. Well, what the Indiana State Police did is they bought a, this device from a company called Grayshift. 15000 bucks, And you can break in to uh, an iPhone. Right? Incidentally, the first time they were be able to break in uh, was in that San Bernardino case. And it cost the FBI $1.3 million to break into that phone. And we don't know what group it was. They hired an undisclosed group to get into the phone and paid $1.3 million because this kind of hacking simply was not common. Uh, And since then, you have two main companies that have helped law enforcement hack into these iPhones. There is an Israeli firm, Celebrite, we've talked about that, purchased by Japan Sun Corporation in 2006. Uh, Those Israelis, uh, they drive you nuts, don't they? For example, Waze is Israeli. Do you know that? 
And those two guys that started it sold it for I don't know how many billions of dollars. So anyway, uh, so uh, they came up with uh, this technology. And uh, what they did uh, is sell this, all of this technology, made billions of dollars to Japan. And then there's that company, Grayshift, formed by a former Apple engineer uh, just a couple of years ago. And what law enforcement said, what they generally do is send iPhones to Celebrite to unlock, and each phone costs several thousand dollars to open. Well, in March, Grayshift began selling their gray key device that unlocks iPhones, 15000 bucks a copy. All of a sudden, it is becoming cheaper and cheaper. Well, that's, uh, of course, technology. And it's going to come to the point where uh, you're going to be able to, and I don't know as far as the security is concerned, but anybody who has this equipment will be able to hack in which is why one of the reasons that iPhone is saying, okay, we're closing that loophole up. So that $15,000 device that is used to hack in is now worth about 15 cents because it's effectively a paperweight. Now, the encryption on these smartphones applies only to data stored on the phone. And Apple and Google regularly give law enforcement officials access to the data that consumers back up on their service or their servers like Apple's iCloud service. And so far, well, since 2013, uh, Apple has responded to 55,000 requests from the United States government seeking information. If, If Apple has it on its server, information is given. If it's on the phone and the phone only then Apple will do everything it can to maintain privacy. That's your business, which is kind of interesting because you'd think the same thing would happen if it's on the cloud, wouldn't you? It all depends on what the courts say. So anyway, for those of you uh, that have all that crazy pornography on your phone and keep it on your phone, someone can hack into it and find out what you have. And God help you if you have the wrong kind of uh, material on your phone. All right. Uh, Coming up, L.A. Unified. By 2023, everybody goes to college. And uh, that could be one of the stupidest ideas I have heard in a very, very long time. And I'll explain why. KFI AM 640. All right, Handle here on a uh, Thursday don't forget Law Day coming up a day uh, day after tomorrow at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, 9 to 2 o'clock, and it's uh, Law Day 2018. Okay, now, before uh, Gary and Shannon comes aboard, or come aboard, uh, just, I love LA Unified. Uh, every time I talk about LA Unified School District, I go berserk. All right, so now, uh, here is a commitment that uh, was just made uh, a couple days ago. By 2023, all... LA Unified students will be college ready. And it will now report two different graduation rates. There's graduation and then there's graduation. And what do that mean? Well, there's graduating high school and you need a D average to graduate high school. And there are certain things that you don't need to do to graduate high school at LA Unified. 
for example, read or add, right? Or know what country we live in. You're still graduating. Then there's college ready. You need at least a C average to be able to apply to either the University of California, uh, the, uh, those campuses, or the Cal State system. Yeah, with a C average, go ahead and try to apply to UCLA or any of the uh, California University campuses, okay? Sure. And so what they're trying to do is move everybody into the college prep. Last year, 80% of the senior class graduated. 50% only, or 56%, passed their uh, classes with a C or B, their A to G classes. These are required for college. Uh, last year, only 53% of Latino students, about half, were able to make it. Beat by 28% of foster youth and 22% of English learner graduates were college eligible. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing you don't have to do to graduate uh, L.A. Unified School Districts is speak English. All right. So, and then there's a whole rule about uh, it's a new resolution. Uh, It's pushing back on the practice of low-performing schools, becoming home to displaced teacher, new teachers, because anytime a teacher gets any kind of seniority, boom, out of that school it goes. But here's the problem with this entire philosophy. We have to make everybody college-ready. This is, I think, the only country in the world that somehow the government, the philosophy is is everybody should go to college. Everybody. So how do they do it in other countries where it's free education for the most part and it's good education, we're talking about even at the college level, and how do they do it? And we can't because the only way anybody can go to college today once they get in is to borrow ridiculous sums of money Uh, Even, for example, uh, in public schools, public universities, go to law school at UCLA, 50 grand a year. Tuition. Go to medical school. I mean, it's a fortune. It's crazy. So how do they do it overseas? And don't charge the students. I'll tell you what. What they do is say only the top X number of students are going to be allowed to go to university. And you test through them. You just test. And if you make it, and these are the O-levels, for example, in in England, and the way my mother became a dentist in uh, Brazil, the University of Sao Paulo, world-class dental school, world-class medical school, real easy. You test. That's it. And in her class, I think it was 100 people or 200 people that were allowed in to the dental school, and it's the top 200 test takers. That's it. If you make the top 200, you're in, and if you don't, all anonymous, And, of course, that puts uh, the kids who are the young people who are at risk in a very bad position because the only way you can get in is uh, to hire private tutors or to go in those days to a special program that took a year to take the test to get in. But the philosophy is why should everybody go to college? That's really important. And what does a college education give you? Now, Shannon, you have an undergrad degree, right? Yeah, it's 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 yeah. nothing. Yeah, look it's where worth you, nothing. Yeah, and look where you are now. The only thing that it was worthwhile for um, 
was four years of celebration yeah, and good times and yeah, bad decisions exactly. and got me the job that actually, uh, you know, it was an internship through the college okay, that, that I is, started at the radio station. That is different because that gives you the first step That's up. That's what it's all about. But it's... Uh, however, you if you're in junior college, well, you get the same interns, internship. High school, you can get an internship here, can't you? I don't know. I don't know. The, the point is, is that uh, you know, if you have kids at some point, God forbid you actually have kids. I feel very sorry for those kids. Are you going to <laughs> push the college or say there are lots of other no. avenues? No, no, no. I would not push it uh, at all because you know what? The world needs electricians. And that's a good life. The world needs plumbers. That's a good life. And 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 you make more money than a college grad. Yeah, you do. Yeah. That's it. So good for you and good for me. College for everybody. Yep. Everybody gets college. Okay. Now, what do you have going, young lady? Well, we've got Viragosa reflecting on his loss in the governor's race. That's oh. always fun when he reflects on really anything. Well, reflect. the only reflection he ought to do is look in the mirror and yell, loser. Ooh, wow, that's harsh. True. Also, uh, our friend Dennis Hoff, who who gave me a job opportunity earlier in the week, he is in trouble. A lot of women uh, saying that he assaulted them. And we start the show with True Crime Thursday, the story of a woman who was beaten by somebody with a shovel. And they're able to find the guy based on memories that she was able to recover and DNA magic, it's truly fascinating. We're going to do that right at 10 o'clock. You got it. Also, uh, handle on the law. Don't forget hand, uh, law day, Saturday. But I'm taking phone calls right now for handle on the law. I'll do it for an hour. Call me for marginal legal advice off the air for future broadcast. 877-520-1150. 877-520-1150. I'll do that for an hour. And uh, up next, uh, Shannon, the college grad. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Now the issue is, which school did you go to? I went to Cal State Crap. Uh, I went to Cal State Chico. That's even worse. No, it's not. Yes, it Wait, is. what was yours? Uh, no, Northridge. Yeah, Northridge. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, the worst no, school. Chico and gets the... Really? Well, yeah. the, in those days, the requirement to get into Cal State Northridge uh, is you had to breathe. Yeah, me too. That was it. Yep. If you're breathing, you're you're in. Uh, 877-520-1150. Shannon, you have a good show. Thank you, sir. You college grad, you. (laughs) KFI AM 640.